Chapter 4, Part B of Organic Evolution. This is a LibriVox recording, and all LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Don Evans. Organic Evolution by Richard Swan Low. Chapter 4, Part B means of dispersal animals and plants are so widespread over the surface of the globe that migratory routes must be many despite the effective barriers which have been mentioned the means of dispersal are land bridges land bridges such as those at suez and panama both of which are of recent origin geologically speaking have nevertheless afforded the means whereby continents receive their fauna the panamanian bridge is of particular interest because we know the history of its existence so well there was evidently land connection between north and south america up to at least middle eocene times although it may not always have been where the isthmus of panama now lies while that connection existed there was free intermigration between the continents but during a long period of severance until late miocene or early pliocene time no interchange of species was possible and each fauna underwent a remarkable evolution without the admixture of forms from the other the reformation of the land bridge however opened up the avenue of migration and we find recorded the immediate incursion of the more virile north american types into south america such as the mastodons and horses deer wolves and cats and the immigration of south american forms the ground sloths armadillos and other species in exchange the bering strait although now impassable except over the ice in winter has been at various times in the geological past a migratory route of the utmost significance so important in fact that the land animals of north america and those of the eurasian continent show the closest blood relationship and this was especially true during tertiary times in fact as matthew says quote, the alaskan bridge is in existence today only a few yards of its planking removed if one may so speak the substructure intact and the marks of the missing planks still showing on the undamaged portion unquote. actually the intervening water between america and asia has a width of only thirty-six miles and a depth of from twenty-three to thirty fathoms so that the comparatively slight elevation of two hundred feet would afford dry and safe transit for the passing and repassing hosts natural rafts and driftwood terrestrial animals either accidentally or with intent occasionally take passage upon drifting material which enables them to accomplish over-water journeys which are sometimes of considerable extent many arctic animals such as the reindeer will go out upon the ice to effect a crossing like that over bering strait the Nova Zambia reindeer, occasionally going to Spitzbergen, a distance of 240 miles, or such forms as the polar bear may venture out upon the shore ice for the seals or fish which constitute their prey. The bears are splendid swimmers. 
for one was observed by captain perry in barrow's strait twenty miles from shore with no ice in sight even such natatorial powers would not however take them to iceland and yet living bears are stranded on the icelandic shores every year no fewer than twelve having arrived in one season in such instances the journey was probably very largely accomplished by means of floating ice floes which had broken away from their moorings natural rafts of vegetation are a very potent factor in dispersal there are masses of driftwood and leaves held together by a tangle of vines creepers and other vegetation and sometimes having a covering of soil sufficient to maintain living plants or even trees such rafts are formed by the natural accumulation of timber along the rivers caused by the caving of the banks on the outside of the river bends and as larger masses are formed they are swept out to sea by the action of the stream such natural rafts have been reported several times more than a hundred miles beyond the mouths of some of the world's great rivers and in one recorded instance the distance travelled was over a thousand miles heilprin tells us that floating masses of wood with upright trees growing over them were mistaken by admiral smythe in the philippine seas for true islands until their motion made their real nature apparent such rafts often have quite an assemblage of animal life such as monkeys tiger cats squirrels and arboreal mammals in general together with reptiles and mollusks of the geckos a group of climbing lizards gadow says i quote although not at all aquatic they are particularly fit to be transported accidentally on or in the trunks of floating trees to which they cling firmly and they can exist without food for months unquote. in one instance a boa a huge species of snake was transported two hundred miles on a cedar tree to st vincent heilprin records the landing of four pumas in a single night in the town of montevideo he goes on to say quote, to what distance such a floating raft with its living cargo may ultimately be carried in safety and without detriment to its inhabitants over the oceanic surface there are as yet no data for determining but there would appear to be no reason for assuming that they could not be transported to a distance of several hundreds of miles seeing that the upright vegetation found on many of them would serve with powerful effect in the face of a wind and while the majority of the animal inhabitants might be exterminated before the end of the voyage the safe arrival on an island or distant shore of a very limited number of individuals embracing both males and females would serve in a short period under favorable conditions to stock the new land with the species that an absolute limit is set however to migration as affected in this manner is proved conclusively by the utter absence in most of the oceanic islands of indigenous mammals excepting bats unquote. favoring gales the forms aided by this means are the aerial necton insects birds and bats and while all three can progress without the aid of favoring winds their flight is very largely increased thereby 
this aid is perhaps largely accidental nevertheless migratory birds are known to take deliberate advantage of it insects present numerous instances of great powers of sustained flight when aided by air currents of which the most conclusive are naturally those recorded at sea one given by bartholomew is that of the ship pion which i quote returning home some years ago from new zealand upon reaching a point some nine hundred sixty miles southwest of the cape verde islands encountered some hundreds of moths belonging to a species which is common in the eastern tropics but not found in south america which was the nearest land from the direction of the wind during the four days previous to the occurrence it appeared to be beyond doubt that the insects had come from the islands named and therefore must have crossed nearly a thousand miles of ocean Unquote. the nuptial flights of many insects often aid either incidentally or purposefully in their dispersal when taken upon windy days bird flight is marvelous and some recorded instances are credible only in these days of the perfection of the aeroplane many birds are known to pass several hundreds of miles on the wing without rest and it is highly probable that their unaided flight may extend over one or more thousand the wild goose is supposed to fly at sixty to seventy-five miles an hour and the swallow at ninety miles per hour or more and many other birds may be nearly if not quite as speedy a sustained flight of ten to twelve hours is not beyond belief otherwise the enormous distances which certain migratory birds cover would not be possible land birds have been met with at all points in the transatlantic passage but it is quite probable that passing craft afford temporary refuge to the weary ones the prevailing westerly winds between thirty and fifty-eight degrees north latitude carry many birds all the way across for the landing of american birds during or after heavy storms upon the coast of england and the island of heliogland is no unusual thing north of fifty-eight degrees the prevailing winds are easterly so that the european birds are transported to america by way of iceland and greenland bats are found the world over even on the most remote sea isles where they may be the only indigenous mammals this is sufficient evidence for their migratory power migrations migrations are of two sorts permanent or racial movements where there is some such impelling cause as the changing of climatic conditions or the unendurable increase of competitions for food shelter or safety at home many such are recorded and will be recorded in human history like the coming of the white men to america while prehistory has innumerable instances of the same thing a few such were the intermigrations between north and south america already referred to the world-wide dispersal of the elephants from their primal african home and of the american camels into asia and their relatives the llamas into south america for several such migrations of horse-like forms between north america and the old world there is also much evidence seasonal migrations also occur for food and for reproduction 
those for food occur in the temperate and frigid zones where the inclement weather of winter brings such scarcity of sustenance that animals must migrate or starve the caribou of north america make such seasonal migrations and the american bison or buffalo were also known to do so the migrations of many insects such as the rocky mountain locust are well known the most remarkable migrations are those for reproduction for many animals have within them a wonderful homing instinct which impels them to seek out their own birthplace for the purpose of bringing forth their young under this head come the movements of certain fishes such as the herring and alewife into shoal waters along the coasts and the shad sturgeon and salmon to the rivers the last mentioned ascend the columbia and yukon for thousands of miles passing all but impassable obstructions in their journey and wearing themselves out in its accomplishment some bird migrants also cover thousands of miles as for example a cuckoo which makes the annual journey from fiji to new zealand and return an overseas voyage of one thousand five hundred miles in either direction the curlew sandpiper breeds on the siberian tundras but goes in the northern winter to the cape of good hope tasmania and patagonia down the three main continents others like the penguin make their long migration by swimming of the mammals the sea lions or fur seals of alaska excite our admiration not so much from the length of their journey of fifteen hundred miles but because of the accuracy and precision of their navigation always arriving at the beach in the pribilof islands for instance at approximately the same time and place as the year before but their actual passage is as mysterious as that of a raiding submarine zoo-geographical realms students of animal distribution have divided the world's surface into a number of distinct areas according to the likeness or unlikeness of their fauna these divisions are based very largely upon the distribution of mammals but they serve nearly as well to show the dissemination of other terrestrial groups though manifestly not at all for the birds or for marine types several plans have been proposed having many points of resemblance but differing in certain minor details the boundaries and nomenclature given on the present map are largely those of w l and p l sclater proposed in eighteen ninety nine the realms are plotted upon a polar projection map instead of the usual mercator's projection as the former renders the migratory routes much more intelligible most naturalists agree in dividing the land surface of the globe into six primary areas to which the term realm has been applied these have been more or less divided into sub-realms some of which are in the nature of transition areas between the larger realms the six realms are one the nearctic embracing all of north america to the edge of the mexican plateau and including all of the islands to the north together with greenland two the neotropical consisting of central america south of the mexican plateau all of south america and the antilles or west indian islands three 
the Palearctic, embracing the whole Eurasian continent, except that portion lying south of the northern line of Persia and Afghanistan, the Himalaya Mountains, and the Nanling Range in China, all of which are barriers of a physical nature which most animals cannot surmount. Africa, north of the Sahara, Iceland, Spitsbergen, and the Arctic Islands, north of Siberia, are included in this realm. Number four, the Ethiopian, including all of Africa and Arabia south of the Tropic of Cancer, although some authorities extend it north to the Atlas Mountains, making it thus include the entire Sahara. Madagascar and other small adjacent islands also come within this realm. It is almost exclusively tropical, more so than any other region. Number five, the Oriental, consisting of the southern coast of asia east of the persian gulf the entire peninsula of india south of the himalayas india east and the portion of china south of the nanling range the islands of sumatra borneo java celebes and the philippines are also included six the australian embracing australia new guinea tasmania new zealand and the oceanic islands of the pacific Owing to the great similarity of their respective fauna, the Nearctic and Palearctic are sometimes grouped together as the whole Arctic realm. Lydekker has proposed three major terms to include the whole terrestrial surface, which make a strong appeal to the student of extinct as well as of living mammals, as they represent the three great areas of independent mammalian evolution. Lydekker would include Nearctic, Palearctic, Ethiopian, and Oriental regions, among which there has generally been more or less freedom of intermigration, in one great Arctogeic realm. South America, or the Neotropical region, was for a long time during the Tertiary isolated from the rest of the world, and to it he has given the name Neogea, or the Neogenic realm. The third great realm, the Australian, which has been isolated since the beginning of the tertiary, he calls Notagea, and this is today the home of those living Mesozoic mammals, the marsupials, which competition has practically eliminated from the rest of the globe. End of chapter 4, part B. Recording by Don Evans, www.lazuli.com.